to Regrade Request Office Hours, where we take an in-depth look at a single topic or question that's on our mind. And who's the person on a podcast who's not preparing for an exam or doing demos right now? That's this guy, Professor Mark Sheriff. Oh, poor Will. He is doing all of the demos and all the exam grading for the class that we have taught together for so many semesters, so... I'd like to say I miss it, but um, no, taking a break is just fine with me. So So, Will will be back uh, next week. Well, maybe definitely the week after that. I guess it depends on how how late his grading goes. But I went by the office today and um, sure enough, he was in the off in his office and I could hear him not yelling at students. It was much more just kind of an animated discussion about some of their projects. So I'm sure he's having a good time with that. Um, such as it is. But for y'all, for our dear listeners, we are going to start a series this month on graduation, on education, because it is graduation season. UVA's graduation is coming up in a couple weeks. So we're going to talk about the history of graduation and some of the, um, the trappings. So I'm very much looking forward to talking about where academic regalia comes from. But today we are in exam season, at least for colleges. I mean, maybe some of the AP tests are coming up, too. And so, you know, students are getting ready for those. And what I wanted to talk about was, and this is one of the first times that I've come up with the title of an episode before actually recording the episode, uh, which is the food pyramid for exam questions. And okay, what, what are you talking about here? Have you ever thought about what the point of a class is? And by me class, I mean like an entire course. And the the obvious answer here is, well, so we can learn things, right? I mean, that's why we, you know, go to school. We want to learn some things. Well, we we need some way of creating an agreement between the instructor and the student about what you are actually trying to learn here. There are a lot of classes where, you know, it it might be kind of haphazard. There's some there's some material you have to cover or whatever it might be. But in a good class, you want there to be some concrete learning objectives for the course. And so everything you do around uh, the, the course itself, whether it be the projects, the lectures, the assignments, group work, whatever it is, they should all be focused in some way around what are the learning objectives? Which learning objective for the course are we focusing on here? So here's a quick example. Uh, Will and I teach a course effectively called software engineering. And the idea of the course is to teach students how to work together in teams to build larger pieces of software than they have been building in the past. So in earlier computer science courses, students build, let's call them little toy projects, maybe 50 lines of code, 100 lines of code, something like that. Our goal is to expose them to the entire software development process from idea inception through design, through construction, through deployment, that that process. So a lot of students in our course often will complain to us, hey, Sheriff, hey, McBurney, you didn't teach us enough Django or enough Python or name whatever piece of technology it is that they think we did not teach them enough of. The, the, The dirty little secret here is we don't care If they know that technology, the technology is not the learning objective of the course. That technology is a vehicle for us to get to the learning objectives, 
But at the end of the day, do I really care if a student knows what Django is? No. I mean, that particular framework will change in the future. There'll be other things that these people will be programming in. What I care about, our learning objectives are things like, does this student understand the phases of software development? Understand that requirements, design, implementation, testing, maintenance, these things happen in a cyclical motion. Uh, we care about um, their ability to interact with other students in an effective way. So we measure how they you know, get along, so to speak. They, they, they will do evaluations of each other. We'll look at how much each of them contributes. The other way that most people think about instructors measuring um, whether a student has met the learning objectives of the course would be through homework. Or let's just take it straight to exam questions here. There's a, I guess there's a belief that, that, that some professors or just instructors in general will look through the textbook and find every bold word and put those bold words in a list. And obviously those bold words are the ones that they need to know because those are the things that they're bold. I mean, I, come on. Someone went to the effort to control B on the keyboard to make sure that you saw that word. Let's make sure that the student knows to read that word. Yeah, we don't necessarily care because there are different ways that we can evaluate or assess whether a student is meeting the learning objectives beyond just can you spit back at me the things that are the bold words in the textbook. Most people would probably agree that some of those bold words are important, but... Is it necessary that you know all of them? How much should we, should we evaluate on just you have memorized stuff versus you know how to apply this information to new scenarios? And this concept of a, a differentiated levels of ways that we assess from memorization up through application, it changes. It changes as we go through elementary to middle to high school as we, you know, there's not much to analyze with a multiplication table. It's something that you're going to memorize. Um, you know, eventually you might want to go into why is the multiplication is what it is. Four times three, there's four threes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's more evaluation there, but we start with, you know, some form of memorization. And then we take that into the next phases of, well, how do we uh, take that information and do something interesting with it? Or how do we take that information and, and observe different solutions and then choose between them? And what this is getting at is something called Bloom's Taxonomy, which is literally the food pyramid for exam questions. If you look at Bloom's Taxonomy, it, it feels like a, like, a, like a food pyramid, even though the levels themselves are not really leveled like, oh, I need lots of grain or I need lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, it does it, the, the pyramid itself does not indicate the frequency of a given type of assessment, but more the foundational nature of it. So Bloom's taxonomy uh, by originally developed in 1956 by Benjamin Bloom with Max Engelhart, Edward first, Walter Hill, Walter Hill and David Crothwall. Um, they published something called the taxonomy of educational objectives. And this has been something that's been in education for a very, very long time. And the, the taxonomy itself breaks down the way we approach 
um, the learning objective of a course uh, of any piece of material as knowledge, then comprehension, then application, then analysis, then synthesis, and then evaluation. And these terms can be a little bit harder to process sometimes when you're like, what do you mean by synthesis? Okay, I'm, I, maybe it's a chemistry thing that I'm dealing with. So in 2001, some of those authors, along with a group of cognitive psychologists, created a revised taxonomy, which I think has some better categorizations. And I'm going to go through these categorizations and kind of talk to you about how this works. I'm going to talk to you about it in the context of a very simple thing we always teach students to do with programming, which is how to write a loop. It's one of the first things we teach. So for those of you that aren't programmers, the basic idea is this. If you have a, let's say, a list of five fruits, apple, banana, orange, grape, pear, you need to write code that looks at the first fruit, then the second fruit, then the third, then the fourth, then the fifth. And for each one of them, maybe you're printing the name to the screen or whatever it might be, but you're writing a piece of code that is going to loop over some structure, uh, loop over some piece of data. This is extremely common. I mean, think about anytime you go to your bank account online, there is a loop, there's a piece of code that pulls all of your transactions and prints them on the page. Um, when you open your bookmarks in uh, your browser, I mean, depend, uh, th there's some hand waving here because there could be it could be represented in a different way. But th that could be a loop in order to print them on the on the list. Your history of the pages you've been to loops are so common because that's one of the things that computers do for us as humans uh, to take away some of the tedium because we can give it a specific task and say, do this task a whole bunch of times. So. The very first level is remember. And so this one matches up uh, back with um, uh, knowledge. And the remembering uh, level, can the student recall or remember the information? So in the context of the loop, it's just, can you tell me what a loop is? Can you write the, can, can you write the structure of a loop? Uh, similar things in other disciplines might be what year did something occur or um, define this uh, this word. Uh, so, uh, matter of fact, with the Bloom's taxonomy, it comes with some question keywords. These are some words that you if you see these in a the question. So words like define, duplicate, list, memorize, recall, repeat. Those are all at the remembering level. Remembering level questions tend to be extremely easy to grade. Multiple choice questions, very simple multiple choice questions, fill in the blank questions, matching questions. These are often skewed towards remembering because it's just taking the, the item, whatever it might be, and, and matching it in some way into some scenario, whether it be lining it up with something or putting it in a blank. So uh, teachers sometimes go to remembering type um, questions when there is base knowledge that the student just needs to know. You, you have to know when the Declaration of Independence was signed in, you know, in American history class. You have to know in a programming class what a loop is. These are just things that you just base have to know. So 
you could start with remembering type questions on simple homeworks or quizzes or things like that to try and reinforce some basic fundamental knowledge. The next level is understanding. Can the student explain ideas or concepts? All right, so now we have our loop. We could give a student an example piece of code and say, in plain English, explain what this does. And so if we gave them the list of five fruits and the loop structure over it, and the student could say, this loop prints each fruit name to screen. Something like that. Um, keywords here are things like classify, describe, discuss, explain, identify, locate, recognize, report, paraphrase. It shows the next level above just remembering the knowledge. Now you have some, you, you can spit back 1776. You can spit back, oh, it's a for loop. But now you can show that, oh, I understand that that is what that year means, or that is what this date means, or, or this code means. It's understanding. The next level up, applying. Can the student use the information in a new way? Keywords, choose, demonstrate, dramatize. I have not used dramatize yet in a computer science class, but I'm really thinking about it now. Employ, illustrate, interpret, operate, schedule, sketch, solve, use, write. So if you are a calculus instructor, um, solving uh, an integral is the application level because at the remembering level, you understand, you know, just the basics of math and what an integral is. Understanding is now you understand it's, you know, area under a curve. And now applying is you can go solve a problem. Um, in my looping example, it would be given a list of five fruits, write code that will loop over the five fruits. That would be applying. We see applying a ton. Applying is a level of question that you are moving from just base, remembering and understanding of a concept to now using it in, in a way. So it, a lot of STEM classes are gonna move into applying pretty quickly. Even non-STEM classes, being able to um, uh, look at um, different pieces of historical evidence and then uh, talk about how they interact with each other or how they compare or something like that. That, that actually kind of bridges into the next category, but it, it can start here in the applying if you're looking at techniques for evaluating a, a, um, a piece of information. Um, applying level questions often are gonna be harder to grade than remembering or understanding. Because while understanding can be typically, you know, a single sentence or a phrase or something like that, applying now is you're looking at the calculus question and you're, you're grading the work. Um, how did they go through the process of actually solving the question? So as you can see, the time to grade a question increases as we move through these levels. Turns out writing the questions often decreases the, the time to write a good question tends to decrease. You'll see what I mean when I get toward the end. The next level is analyzing. Can the student distinguish between different parts or aspects? So appraise, compare, contrast, criticize, differentiate, distinguish, examine, uh, experiment, question, test. In the coding example, in the, in the looping example, there are different types of loops. We might have something called a for loop 
or maybe a while loop. And it is possible that one of them could have a different um, level of performance than the other one. Often in computer science, when you're writing a, a larger program, you're having to balance between how hard is the code to write and also how hard is the code to maintain? Is this something that someone in the future will be able to look at and be able to fix when it breaks? And how fast will program go? <laughs> so you have to look at these different solutions and start making trade-offs. And that's, that's analyzing. Um, in, uh, in a question like this that we would probably have uh, we in a, um, in a data structures course or in a course about algorithms, we would probably have a couple different algorithms and say, compare these two algorithms based upon their runtime under a given situation. Um, back to my example for um, historical text, uh, this would certainly be an instance of, can you uh, look at uh, two different events in history and talk about how they came about in similar or different ways, that, that comparing idea, uh, you're not only showing you can apply the technique from the previous level, now you're showing you're applying it in multiple instances and then can start drawing conclusions based upon your application. So that's analyzing. Evaluating is the next level, the fifth level. Can the student justify a stand or decision with the keywords appraise, argue, defend, judge, select, support, value, evaluate. We are typically moving now into critical thinking skills or more, more intense critical thinking skills. Um, this is, could be something where a programming student is given two large software systems and has to make a, a number of different trade-offs. Or we say, how would you go about building this project? Would you use an agile development methodology or a plan-driven one? And there's a lot of different factors that would lead the student down one way or another. Um, ethical questions uh, often start moving into the evaluating category. So um, we have some example questions that we'll do in our class on things like the ethics of whistleblowing. Um, one of the scenarios we use is there is a programmer who's convinced that they a missile defense system that they are programming on has a flaw in it, even though all of the testing is showing that the missile defense system works perfectly well. Um, but the person who has the misgivings, should they be a whistleblower? And we, we have them look at the uh, software engineers code of ethics that's provided by the association for computing machinery and talk about um why they would do such a thing. And there is no right or wrong answer necessarily in, in many of these scenarios. And they have to appraise the different ideas, defend their, 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 their decision. As you can imagine, evaluating level and, and the next level beyond this, grading is hard. It gets much harder because it's not just, you know, back in the remember area, you could do this on a Scantron. You could do this, you know, just, oh, A, B, A, Q, Z. You're just marking them off and they're great. This is, I need to read a five-page paper. I need to sit through a demo and understand everything that's going on. And that level of assessment um, is important. Don't get me wrong. By, it's absolutely important, but it's draining. Um, 
as you move to larger and larger classes, how do you do these things at scale? Particularly when we get to the next one. The final level is creating. Can the student create a new product or point of view? The keywords assemble, construct, create, design, develop, write. In programming, in the course that Will and I teach, the main thing we have them do is over the course of the entire semester, they build a, a website, a, a, the, the domain of the website is up to them. We put some qualifications on the type of technology they can use or should use. There's some boundaries on uh, the scope of the project, but it's completely up to them. Every project is different and we have to grade as fairly as we can um, considering the team makeup, the project that's chosen, what direction they went with it, uh, how they interacted with their customer. They have built something brand new. And um, in other disciplines, this is the research paper. This is the thesis sort of activity. Uh, can you create a new uh, analysis of a piece of data, a new analysis of a historical event? Can you um, apply uh, some of the mathematical techniques that you've done and, and solve a new proof, whatever it might be. Um, evaluate creating in the creation category of, of, a, of questions. I mean, the question that Will and I have boils down to go build new, new program, <laughs> go build website website. Yes. Um, I mean, it's a lot more than that because we put you know, a lot of boundaries around it. But because of its open-endedness, we don't have to come up with, okay, I need the perfect set of multiple choice questions here to try and avoid them just randomly guessing the correct answer. Because, I mean, we've all seen multiple choice questions. We've probably all taken multiple choice questions where we just like, uh, B and just, you know, I, I've got a one in four chance. Let's just go with it. Remembering and understanding type questions have the flaw, I suppose, where guessing or educated guessing can get you halfway there. When you start applying, literally applying and analyzing techniques to remembering and understanding type questions, even if you don't remember the exact year, you might be able to look at things and, you know, eliminate some answers or you know enough to, to think, okay, I think it's probably edging this way and you might actually get it right, but you didn't actually meet the learning objective, but there's no way that the faculty member can know that because you got it right. So hopefully when we're doing this right, uh, instructors are using remembering and understanding and applying type questions for at the college level. This is obviously different for K-12, but at the college level, we're using remembering, understanding and applying type questions for lower stakes things, for in-class short quizzes, for short homework assignments, just checking the knowledge base. Do you understand what's basically going on here? Um, can you show me that you're actually keeping up with the reading? And then we build up to the analyzing, evaluating, and creating type questions for semester long projects or, or those blue book essays that you had to do in college. Um, I am not a K-12 instructor, uh, but my 
you know, my inclination is, is that you, you focus more on the remembering and understanding in early grades and you slowly are moving into applying and analyzing and what uh, AP courses are intended to do, or even AG classes, if we're talking about the elementary, middle school sort of range, is to try and help students push further into applying, analyzing, evaluating, creating um, where they can. Um, this is not to say that there are no creating type activities in K-12 education. There absolutely are. I mean, think of the STEM toys that we have. Think of, uh, I mean, right now, my, my wife is doing a project where with with her elementary school kids, where it's uh, called the not a box project, where they have to take a box and they have to create something new out of that box um, in a certain theme. And you might argue there's not as much knowledge, quote unquote, being applied here, but it really is about not just absorbing a piece of information, and spitting it back. It is about sell, about creating something about the, the student producing something um, f out into the world. Um, so hopefully when we are assessing students at the college level, we are thinking about, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be Bloom's taxonomy or, or we pull up this exact slide that I'm reading from, um, from my notes on what are the different keywords I'm using this question to do this. It's more about recognizing what parts of your course need to be flat memorized. Uh, you want a medical student to flat memorize the parts of the body, or, you know, to a much greater extent than that, but you get the idea. There's some stuff you just have to have just cold. You just know it. And then move that information, move that, that learning through these phases so that by the end of the course, you have a, you have hit the learning objectives of the overall course, the agreement that the student and the faculty member have on why am I here in this course? What should I expect to be able to do when I leave this course? So there's a little bit of a insight into what us teachers do when we are trying to assess students. It's not all cut and dry. Um, it, 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 it takes, it takes practice. That's for one thing. Uh, and certainly um, people who have taken more education courses than I have. Of course, this is the, you know, the horrible thing about college Teachers is, you know, not many of us, I have had a few, but not many of us have had courses, formal courses in education theory. Um, some of us are kind of picking up as we go along, even as we keep going, but you know, it's continual professional development, I suppose. Um, but that's what we're up to right now. Well, not me. What am I talking about? I'm just sitting here recording a podcast for you. Nice people. Will is the one stuck in his office evaluating these projects. And, uh, I wish him the best. And I'm sure he's having a glorious time with it. Don't worry, Will. I will take you to lunch after all of this. And you can have a nice, glorious summer of. Actually, I think I think he's teaching a summer class, too. I think we're both. We actually are both teaching summer classes, which I haven't started preparing for. So I better let you go and get on that. So I hope you are doing well. If you have not had a chance to subscribe to the podcast, please go to regraderequest.com. Click on the podcatcher of your choice and get that link. Leave us some reviews in iTunes. I sometimes forget to check. Uh, we've gotten a couple of them. Those are those are wonderful. You're always welcome to send us questions or topics at hosts at regraderequest.com. We love getting your questions. We love getting your feedback. Um, so please, by all by all means, reach out to us. Uh, we are we are coming up on one full year of doing the podcast. Now, yes, we missed a few weeks here and there, 
but it's still going to be a full year since we started, which is pretty exciting. I have no idea if we'll do anything interesting for it, but still, we kept with the podcast for an entire year. For myself and for my good friend, Will McBurney, who is sitting right now talking to a group. Take care, be safe, and watch for Falling Goats. Goats.